Okay. Well, um, this morning I, uh, I wanted to um, bring a word on heart smart. Call it heart smart, and it kind of is flowing into what the Holy Ghost was just doing there about looking at the condition of the heart. And I feel that this is a timely word. For those of you who've never heard me say this before, it's interesting being a pastor. Um, because you, you, you know, over a couple of seasons, you start to see different cycles um, that happen in people's life over a calendar year. Um, and that can be in individuals' lives, it can be in, in a community, um, it can be even, uh, you know, outside the community, the greater, wider community. And um, for those of you who've heard me say this before, is that, you know, we're, we're this week, uh, we're heading into officially winter once we click over to June, and that's officially winter. And and when it comes to to winter, and this comes to this type of this time of the year, this is when uh, you know sometimes we we can get uh, little bits of the flu. Praise God, we pray in advance we don't get the flu. But you know, little things uh, can niggle us, and uh, you know it's kind of halfway, almost approaching right in the middle of the year, and uh, people can get a little bit tired, and they can get weary, and there's lots on, and and that type of thing. And <coughs> I I like to bring a message um, at least twice a year that helps us to to come into the realization that it's important for us just to manage where our heart's at, uh, the condition of our heart. Because in the busyness of our life and our world, you know, we can, we can start to ignore just the little cues and clues around uh, us getting a bit grumpy or a bit frustrated or a bit annoyed with either our family or those that we're living with or workplace situations or even church life. And, you know, uh, the stresses of, of, of our life can start to mount and we can start to, you know, have little moments of just being frustrated or niggled or uh, annoyed. And, and it's important. The Bible says that, that those things will happen. It's not necessarily bad that they're happening. It's just about how we respond to, to the reality of sometimes our heart needs to, uh, we need to just take a step back and, and, and really evaluate the condition of our heart so we can then ask proactively, ask, ask God, ask the Holy Spirit to come in and to help us to, to clean out those areas that maybe uh, have kind of built up over time, frustration, annoyance, whatever it is, because um, the condition of our heart really does impact and affect uh, the outward manifestations of your life, how you relate with other people, uh, just how you approach your work, how you approach your life. And so if we don't manage our heart, then it can start to bit by bit start to build up and then stress mounts and frustration mounts. And then that's when we can start making bad choices. We can start making bad relational choices, bad choices with our finances, bad choices just with uh, not choosing to relate with God, uh, physically, fitness, food, health. I mean, I'm always, I can see that my spikes visiting McDonald's and KFC historically have always go up in wintertime. Uh, and, um, you know, thank goodness I have not eaten KFC. Um, I think we've done McDonald's once. We haven't eaten KFC at once this year, right? Yeah. Now that's a miracle. That is a miracle. It's so funny. I think Rufy, if she's here, bless her, Rufy posted a hilarious thing on Facebook where it actually had like a, a like a birthday cake, but instead of them having dessert, it was just like, you know, Kentucky Fried Chicken, like all just yeah, modeled like the shape of a birthday cake. Going, this is my style of favorite birthday cake because um, I'm a savory kind of guy as well, so I could relate to that. And I laughed. Um, so I think. T- you know, taking stock today as, as a church community, as a family, I want to encourage us. And I want to give a couple of signposts. So the first thing, when, it looks, when we're looking at our life, I think the first thing is, and we're looking at our heart, and getting, we're getting heart smart, um, we want to come into this theme of purpose. Can everyone say purpose for me? 
purpose. So it all starts with the heart and, and, and the purpose behind why we need to look at our heart and why we need to investigate where our heart's at. So um, if we start in Matthew chapter 13, um, there is a, a great parable there of the sower. And the sower is discussing how the condition of the heart determines the outcome of the seed. And the seed is obviously, in that story, is all the Word of God that's planted within. So this story in Matthew 13 about the sower and that the, the condition of the heart determines the outcome of what happens with the seed. And so the seed in this, in this parable is, is thrown onto different surfaces and the different places that the seed lands is an analogy or representation of the different types of conditions we can have in our heart, depending what's going on. Uh, one of the examples is good soil. And so good soil represents uh, a heart that's, that's, you know, in a good condition. So when the Word of God goes into your heart and your heart is actually in a good place, it means that the Word of God can not only, is not only planted in your heart, and we know that when we talk about heart, we're not talking about your physical heart that pumps blood, but your heart is another word for your soul and your spirit and everything that your life flows from, right? That's what we mean by your heart biblically when it's talking about your heart in spiritual terms. And so it says here when the condition of your heart, this parable is important, and this is why Jesus focused on it, because he was saying that the condition of your heart determines what level the Word of God in your life that's sown into through you listening to the Word of God, coming to church, getting under good teaching, uh, studying the Word of God yourselves, uh, listening to your prophetic words, speaking out the Word of God over your life, praying, all of these different vehicles on how we interact with and we utilize the Word of God as a weapon in our life to move forward. The, the, this parable teaches that the level of manifestation of the fruitfulness that comes forth from the seed of God is determined by the condition of your heart. So who here can pick up that the condition of your heart is something important for you to manage? Because if the condition of your heart is not right, then actually it can prevent a blockage to the level of breakthrough or manifestation of the promises of God in your life. And so that's why Jesus is always encouraging us, you know, even uh, two weeks ago when I brought a message called Downpour, I said one of the keys, if you looked at Elijah, who actually brought forth um, a time of prayer with God to bring forth rain in a, in, a, in a land and in a season that was so dry and was desolate and there'd been no rain for, for years. And then um, God said to, to believe that the rain was going to come, but he actually directly asked the prophet to pray for the rain and to partner with the word that God had promised about the rain. And one of the keys that um, helped the rain to come forth from the word that God had given uh, was that Elijah actually got on his hands and knees and buried his head in between his knees and just basically humbled himself before the Lord. And, and even Jesus himself talks about that it's so critical for us to always be revisiting where is our level of forgiveness towards, uh, you know, asking the Lord to forgive us, repenting daily, but also where is our level of forgiveness toward other people and how uh, well are we constantly evaluating where we need to, to ask in, in our heart where we need to give forgiveness to other people. Because he says that if you don't, 
uh, you know, forgive others as God has already first forgiven you, then it actually blocks your ability to connect with the Father himself. And so Jesus talked about these things. And so the condition of our heart is such a critical factor that determines the level of fruitfulness that comes forth with the Word of God. When we look at the Word of God, it literally is a seed. It's something that germinates um, supernaturally things in your life. The Word of God itself is a creative force. When, when God spoke to bring forth the world, He said, let there be light, and there was light. The Word of God is designed to be not something that just teaches you or enables you to, to think right. It's actually a creative force that helps to bring forth in things into your life. And so we've got to understand that this is why, you know, there are times where I've seen people who have been blocked up for seasons privately. They might have been smiling and saying all the right things, but there's been stuff deep rooted in the heart that's been blocked up. And for whatever reason, they just haven't allowed the Lord to lead them in such a way where they've actually forgiven people, where there's been bitterness in their heart or there's been a level of unforgiveness. And you see, I've, I've seen people who come into the presence of God and thank goodness that something in that, in that encounter with the Lord has actually helped to, to break through the hardness of the soil in their heart. And they've actually right in that moment, because the Holy Spirit's been able to deal with them, they've been able to finally let go of some of those deep-rooted, hidden things in their heart and forgiven people and enable the Holy Spirit to pull out that root of bitterness and that hidden anger that they even had towards God. And I've seen people have a literally a moment where they've been, you know, they've just been delivered of stuff. Right, And then after that stuff has been removed from them because they're having an encounter with God, they just just break out and start crying. But it's it's just because they can just sense that there's just a change in their heart. And now it's like their ears spiritually are popping open and their eyes, and they're starting to go, wow, I've just been in this place of just a shadow of myself. And now I feel like... I feel like I'm a fresh flower that's just coming out of the soil. And it's like they can sense that something has broken through. And then you see those people start to walk into this new season and things start to happen in their life. They start to have fun. <laughs> they start to enjoy actually going to a social night at church and hanging out with someone because there's something on the inside that's free. They, 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 uh, they, they start to step out and, and, and believe for things and, and doors start to open. Because the, the, the Word of God in their life is able to actually get into their heart and start to birth something on the inside, which is critical. Uh, you know, the way the kingdom of God works is that it's all about starting with that inner place of identity. You know, it, 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 you know the Lord, when we become born again, God blesses our identity. He removes the curse from our identity and we become born again. We become absolutely set free. But there's a nurturing and a management of your identity, and it's also about your heart. You know, if you're thinking things about certain people in your life or you're thinking things about yourself that uh, are not just one-off thoughts but real kind of strongholds in your mind and it creates uh, friction on the inside of you and it creates anger on the inside of you and it creates jealousy or it creates comparison or creates deep root of bitterness – you know, you can, you can smile all you want on the outside, but if that stuff is on the inside, can I tell you, you need to get together with God and you need to say, God, get this stuff out of me. Because that stuff is only just going to hurt you and it's going to be the biggest blocker to uh, God being able to move through you and to bring you into what he has for you. And so that's the purpose. So it all starts with the heart. 
The physical heart is in the center of our bodies and is vital to our survival. We know that it receives and releases blood and it carries the nutrients and the oxygen to parts of our body. And, and you know, however, though, without a proper diet and exercise, the heart is prone to disease and will fail to function efficiently. So we know we have to physically manage our heart by exercising and, and eating well. Otherwise, it gets fatty stuff around it and it can become tired and, 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 and a heart can weaken. And that's where people can get heart conditions. Any diet, though, if we think now translate that to spiritually, so the purpose of this discussion about getting heart smart is any diet, if we think spiritually now, any diet of sin, right? Uh, and I said a diet of sin where you're kind of feeding, you know, there's something habitual, there's habitual sin that's kind of crept in and you kind of just keep doing it. <coughs> um, you know, what the Bible is encouraging us to do the purpose to visit our heart is to know that, well, what's going on there? You know, what, what's the outcome that comes from it? Well, it's going to affect your inner heart. It's going to affect, uh, it's going to make your heart harden towards the Lord. Um, but also other things, which is a sin, but an example of judging other people, you know, really judging people. Uh, another one is, is, is cynicism. We know, um, now I, I talk about that sometimes there's, it, there's, there's healthy cynicism where you kind of, you're not just trusting every, you know, for example, a classic uh, used car salesman, you know, with crocodile skin shoes and oil slick hair going, <laughs> right? You've got to have some healthy cynicism, right? You can't just, you know, be Mr. Gullible just because you're a Christian and Jesus calls you to love everyone, right? But um, we can go too far. And we usually, you know, we, we become cynical because we get hurt. And we have people who don't follow, other human beings who don't follow through on their word. And we hear people say stuff and then they don't follow through. And then we get cynical because the next say, time they say they're going to do it, then we go, well, is that going to really happen? And it happens to all of us. You know, but cynicism is something that we need to keep a check of. Hardness, just general hardness of heart. Um, criticism, you know, being critical. Um, even busyness, just being really, 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 really busy, right? Sometimes business is an escape because it's an escape from us being able to sit down and spend time with ourselves. Because if we have to sit down and spend time with ourselves, then we have to re really look at sometimes what's going on in our heart. And then sometimes that's ugly and we don't want to have to look at that. So then we just get really busy because then we can escape actually having to spend time with ourselves. And when we don't like ourselves or we, we don't like how our heart's feeling, we don't usually like to spend time with ourselves because... You know, it kind of doesn't feel good. And so sometimes busyness can be a sign that we're trying to escape dealing with these things. Um, and so any diet of those things, sin, judging others. So it's a, you can have a diet of judging others where you're just constantly just judging others, right? Just constantly. Like, can I just tell you, right? When you, when you get into that kind of a diet, it, it just makes you so yuck on the inside. It really just sucks the life out of you. When you get really cynical and you get really uh, hard and you get really cynical and you get really critical and you get really, 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 right? Who knows it can be unhealthy. So as in water, when you face and you look into water and it reflects, you know, what actually is going on with your face, right? Um, so a man's heart reveals actually what's really going on in the man. And so Proverbs, Proverbs 27 
says <clears throat> exactly that. So just write down that scripture for me. Proverbs 27 says that <clears throat> exactly the key is to make sure that, you know, when you are focusing on uh, getting an understanding of where your heart's at is, is that your heart will be reflected in who you are and, and, and how you're living. And so I wanted to, to talk about, first of all, the purpose behind this word. Um, the purpose is, is you've, you've got to keep revisiting your heart because the purpose behind it is otherwise the word of God is not going to germinate and, and come forth at the level that you want it to. Uh, and so can I get everyone to write down this action point for me? The action point here is I would like all of you individually to come up with a routine, a recurring appointment. And that may be as frequent or as infrequent as you think it needs to be. But I'd like to see, I would like to encourage you guys to keep this front of mind. You actually need to, to get this in your diary somewhere. I think this is a great action point. And actually make a recurring appointment uh, with when are you going to just spend some time with you and the Lord, just kind of taking stock of where's your heart at. Do you, need, do you feel like, you might be in a season when you feel like you need to do that once a week. You know, might be in a season when you feel like you need to do it once a fortnight, maybe once a month. Can I encourage you? You probably don't want to do it any less than once a month, right? Because we're human beings and, uh, and our heart condition can fluctuate. And so make a recurring appointment in your diary to keep that in check. Amen. Who likes that idea? Boom, 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 Ding. Good. All right. Um, for those of you who uh, didn't know, we had obviously Ben Noteco here last week. I heard he shared a great uh, message and a testimony. We had him the Friday just before Propel. Uh, can I just say, I wasn't here last Sunday because I was ministering in another church locally, Peter and Linda Greaves Church. They're doing a great job out at Redlands. C3, I was ministering there. Greg and Julie ministering in another church in Brisbane uh, today, Hosanna Church in Logan. Good friends of, of the ministry there, which is great. Um, but can I just say... Uh, you know, the, 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 I didn't get to, to honor the team at Propel. I just want to quickly do it now. Everyone here that was involved in the Propel event, quickly stand. Just quickly stand for me. Good. All right. Let's just give this team a round of applause. Big round of applause. <clears throat> okay. Take a seat. They did an amazing job. And uh, Pastor Ben gave feedback that he was really impressed with our team. Just an amazing bunch of guys. So thank you, everyone, for that. Okay, next thing I want to talk about is how to guard your heart. How to guard your heart. Um, so because we're Christians, we actually need to guard our heart probably more often than ever before. Uh, because not only are we still living in that, in that human reality, right? But um, because we are people who um, are, are called to kind of go into this place of absolute potential with Jesus, uh, there are what we call attacks on our heart. There are little what we call darts that will come in. And so <clears throat> I call them, I kind of, I call these, these different kind of attacks. It's, it's important. You know, sometimes you have, you, you attack yourself. You ever notice that? You actually think badly about yourself. So that's kind of what, what I call one dart. So you've got you to gotta guard that. You've also got to guard yourself from what I call a curveball darts. Now, curveball darts are not thoughts that come from yourself, um, but there are thoughts that actually come from some type of a, a str strategy from the enemy, okay? And so, have you ever sometimes just had a week where you just feel bombarded with your thoughts, and that just, you just feel like you're just really down, and you're just really confused, and you just feel like it's like World War Three that's going on in your headspace? Has anyone experienced that before? Well, can I tell you, if you've experienced that, 
good thing is to probably realize that it's probably not just you being down on yourself because that's what we call your own personal attacks, okay? And every human being, there's sometimes in our, in our self, we can have a, a bit of a default where we can be, we can naturally be a little bit of a negative Nancy to ourselves, okay? Right? Like, you're not good enough. So we have to deal with that. But also there are like curveballs or like, they're like these poisonous darts that can come out of nowhere. They can come out of nowhere. And can I tell you, if things are coming out of nowhere, there's probably a sign that, well, it hasn't come out of nowhere. It's come from hell. All right? And you need to actually just realize that. That's a stinking thing from hell. I need to deal with that dart, that poisonous dart. Problem, though, is that usually the confusion that we feel in, inhibits our ability to discern. Whether, and that's, what, that's what, why a spiritual attack sometimes can be effective. And that's why we need each other in church, to be covering each other. Come on now. We need to be helping each other um, <clears throat> and covering each other in prayer. And if you're having one of, kind of those days and you need to reach out to one of your, you know, your members of your hub that you go to, uh, for those of you who don't know about hubs, well, we have hubs. It's another word for kind of small groups or connect groups. Our Forever Young uh, we've got some great hubs going in there where there's small groups and Forever Life, we have hubs as well. So if you're not connected to a hub, I'd encourage you because that's kind of in that small group. That's where we get that that type of level of fellowship and connection and community that we're designed for. Amen. So <clears throat> the third the third type of dart, though, is actually can come from other human beings. Have you ever noticed that? Have you ever noticed other human beings and can say stuff that can create little, you know, bombardments in your mind? So you need to guard your heart from yourself. <laughs> you need to guard your heart from the enemy and you need to guard your heart from other people sometimes. Uh, do you know, sometimes I call it the enemy within. Has anyone heard the statement, the enemy within? You know, sometimes the, the most hurting things that someone can say to you is someone who's within your own family. Amen. And in a church, it's someone who's within your own church that can say something. Now, I don't bring up that point for us all to go back into the root of business and, oh, woe is me again, because we just had the Holy Spirit pull all that stuff out. Amen. All right. But the reality is we've got different people who have different perceptions and opinions and people who have different maturity levels and that type of thing. And, and as we grow stronger and stronger in the things of God, the Lord wants us to guard our heart from sometimes people uh, within our own inner circle who may say things and because maybe they're in a, in a moment of disappointment, discouragement, frustration, jealousy, envy, whatever it is, okay, and they can say things and it could be have the wrong motive. And the, the key thing is, is just to, you know, just to understand, all right, okay, I'm not going to receive that, but I'm going to pray for that person. I'm going to bless them, amen, and, and God just um, deliver them of whatever they need to be delivered of, amen. <laughs> it's all good. <coughs> And so guarding a heart in those three angles is key. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, it says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Notice that it doesn't say somebody else will guard your heart. Notice that? You notice it doesn't say that God will guard your heart. Um, it doesn't say that your neighbor will guard your heart. It doesn't even say that your pastor will guard your heart. It says that you, everyone say you, and then say you, and then point yourself and say me. <laughs> me. It says you need to guard your heart. See, you and I are in charge of guarding our own hearts. Okay. We do need cover, we do need fellowship because sometimes we don't successfully guard our own heart and then we get wounded and hurt and so we need support to help us out of those places. But predominantly, we want to be proactive, don't we? 
we want to be uh, making sure that we're, uh, <clears throat> rather than having to cure all these problems, we want to be preventative. Amen. And so that's why we, the Lord says to guard your heart. Because if you don't, if you, if you are not successful in guarding your heart, you're going to have to, you're going to, have to go through some healing. You're going to have to go through, uh, you know, some things that are going to have to maybe be pulled out. And, you know, you're going to have to receive a bit of counseling, a bit of ministry. And, and that's exactly what the church is here for. But can I tell you that we also have to take responsibility for guarding our heart? Can I tell you that sometimes we would have less problems to do with church life if people just guarded their heart? Amen. Come on now. Come on. Who, who likes the idea of taking responsibility? Come on. Yeah. And so... Um, Guarding your heart, so, um, you know, being able to, to, to identify the thoughts that sometimes you sow yourself into your own heart and just, just stop doing it. You know, there's this hilarious video on YouTube. Julie, Julie introduced me to it, okay? To some of you, if you watched it, you might offend. You might be offended by it, but that's okay. I'm still going to mention it, amen? And uh, it's, a funny, it's a funny little video because it's, it's a video. At, uh, anyone heard of Bob Hope? He's a really well-known um, American comedian. And I love what I love about Bob Hope is he's funny and he doesn't swear. Amen. So he's fu- funny as. And so anyway, um, he's got this video and he's he kind of plays like a like a doctor or a counselor. And someone comes in and they've got all these kind of problems and whatever. And uh, and he says, "All right, so this this counseling session is going to be short." And uh, and uh, you know my style isn't for everyone. And and the lady that comes in, she goes, "No, that's okay, that's okay. I've heard really great things about you." And he goes, "Oh, okay, all right, good." He goes, "Well, this is going to be really short, like super short, maybe." You know, 27 seconds. She's like, no, no, that's, that's okay. That's okay. I'm, I'm here. I'm here to break through. And so anyway, she has all these different things uh, that she's, you know, thinking. She's thinking this and she's thinking that. And they're all kind of negative things about herself. And, uh, and he listens as a counselor. He says, right, um, well, I've got, I've, got, I've got the solution for you. And, uh, and uh, it's going to be quite simple. I'm going to get you to write it down. It says two words. She goes, two words. And so she gets out a pen and paper. And he goes, she goes, no, 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 it's only two words. I mean, you probably won't even need to write it down. You just, just need to listen to it because it's only two words and it's going to be the solution. This is the key. This is my solution for you. And then once I tell you the solution, then, uh, then you can go and that's the end of the counseling session. It's all going to be good. And she's like, oh, okay, all right. And he goes, so you're ready for these two words. And so understand that she's been saying, I've been thinking this about myself and this about myself and this about myself and this about myself. And he goes, okay, well, are you ready? She goes, yes, I'm ready. He goes, you sure you're ready? He goes, yes, yes. She goes, yes, yes, I'm ready. And he goes, okay, here we go. You ready? All right. Stop it! <laughs> She's like, what? He goes, stop it! She's like, what do you mean, stop it? He goes, well... The things about, you know, you being afraid about, you know, being in a cube and it filling in water and, and like serpents being in there. Stop it. Stop thinking those things. But, 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 but he goes, don't you understand? I told you it would just be two words. Just write it down for me. Then it's stop it. Right. And this, you know, the, the video goes on and it kind of builds and it's hilarious. But, you know, for those of you who are professional counselors in the room, I know that may slightly offend you because sometimes it is more complicated than just that. But the point is this. Sometimes we just need to stop it. We just need to stop it. Stop thinking those things. And actually, sometimes the reason, not all of the reasons, but sometimes the reasons why we don't stop thinking those things is because I don't think we're willing to take responsibility for our own thought life. Like we're waiting for something else to fix it, right? A massive... Jesus on a horse coming down from a cloud and him putting us on the horse and him just taking us to a safe place. I mean, amen. That's going to be awesome when it happens. Amen. 
But if you're waiting for that type of massive, you know, you know, and, and sometimes, you know, people can get healed by that. But can I tell you that we would create a real quickening work of the Holy Ghost in our lives if we took responsibility. We really did. And, you know, I'm standing here before you as evidence that I had to seriously take responsibility for my own thought life. Okay. One of the biggest reasons why I've encountered the Lord breaking through is because he really had a strong mentoring session with me one day, basically saying something similar. Brad, stop thinking that. That's just rubbish. And for me, I had to own my responsibility in, in dealing with things. So you are in charge of guarding your own heart and realize that it's pretty much a full-time job. It is. It's a full-time job. As long as you're alive on planet Earth, it's a full-time job. Um, you know, guarding your heart and managing your thoughts and managing your mind. Um, because we don't know on any given day what's going to come towards us. We don't know if maybe we're going to fall into a trap of, of saying something negative to ourselves and having a negative Nancy party on the inside. Some days it happens. I'm like, where did that come from? I just start thinking negatively. And I'm like, whoa, I, I need to. Whoa, boy, stop it. <laughs> right? But usually if we don't take responsibility, that allows that thing to kind of just take dominion over our thought life. Where you and I have been called to rule and reign and to break that wild brumby, our thought life, in and say, bow down. Right. The other th- times, though, is it will come left field. And usually it's a strategic thing because maybe there is momentum or maybe there is breakthrough. Or maybe you're really, really down and the enemy just wants to kick you in the guts. It can come anyway. It's like a, a curveball. Like a, and it's kind of like it's, it's, it's a dart that's poisonous. It can be you know, something where, um, and usually it will be an attack on your identity. I'll, I'll share one with you. One that I had earlier this year, trying to break through in business. I've never really been, I've been always good macro in terms of organizing things. But in terms of like filling out forms and admin, I couldn't think of anything worse to do. I hate filling out forms, right? But sometimes you have to do it. And then sometimes you just have to find someone else on your team who's better at it and go, can I wear my delegation hat and give this to you, right? In wisdom. But there's been years where I didn't have anyone else that I could delegate that stuff to. And the enemy would have a field day with me. He'd always say, you can't even get your form in on in time. How are you going to be a business person? <laughs> you can't, you, your admin is just your Achilles heel. You're just going to keep tripping, tripping over it. And it's going to be the thing that's going to hold you back, Brad. I had to discern those things. There's got to be times when you've got to discern what are those, those darts. Is anyone getting this? The other thing is, you know, discern when you know that a comment that's coming from someone could be in any type of sphere of life where there's just something on that. There's just something on that. Okay? Now, it's got to be balanced because sometimes you receive good godly correction. All right? And what's on that is called good correction. Right? And sometimes we look at good correction and we want to go, oh, I don't like that because... We sometimes think correction means rejection, right? So it's balanced, right? We've got to, you've got to, you've got to be out of, you've got to be coachable, you've got to be teachable, right? But that's why you've got to set up people in your world that you can trust, that you know, they they have a heart for you, they want to see you do well, and that's the motivation behind why they're saying those things. On the other hand, though, who knows? There are people on planet Earth who are really opinionated <laughs> about your own life. 
and what you're doing and what you're not doing and how you're doing it and how you're not doing it, right? And they want to take their opinion and they want to put it in a piece of bread and they want to feed you that sandwich and shove it down your gullet <laughs> and go, this is good for you. You need to eat this. In my opinion, you need to swallow it. You need to go in your belly. Okay, you need to get in you, right? And you, if you even get in that position, you're just choking on that thing. Like, <coughs> oh, oh. But if you swallow that, right, it can affect you for weeks. It can have a go at you for a month because you're buying into something that's, that, that's, that's just, it's, it's, non, it's just a little bit off, right? So we've got to, therefore, understand that who we hang around. I always talk about this. There's three types of relationships in the kingdom. There's your resource people. The people that you go to for mentoring and input and that type of thing, okay? And usually they're in a season beyond you. They've had certain levels of breakthrough or other things in the Lord. And you can see in their world, there's certain things in their life that are breaking through. And so you're going to them and they're kind of like a role model. You're wanting to model your world off them. And you're wanting to get some insight and some keys and some advice around how you can kind of get to where they are. And that's a healthy relationship. I mean, God and God is your number one resource relationship. He is your ultimate resource, the beginning and the end, the creator of the universe, the knower of all things, right? And then you're going to have some people that God will put in your life around you that will mentor you. <coughs> and can I also say sometimes we get religious and sometimes we always think that our mentors, you know, there is, there's wisdom you can learn from people, okay, and what have happened in, in their life, okay, that may not necessarily have a relationship with the Lord. You just have to be mindful of that though. Okay, so in terms of getting books and reading books around what people have broken through in different areas and in, in managing their life, that type of thing. But at the, at the same time, we've got to mainly be careful of not only some of the people that we allow to speak into our life, but we've also got to be careful of what we call peer relationships. Okay, we've, we, we enjoy peer relationships. Peer relationships are kind of when you're doing life with someone who's in the same season as you. Okay, but peer relationships can some be sometimes the, the most difficult and challenging ones to navigate because when it comes to peer relationships, there can be encouragement, there can be motivation, but sometimes there can also be comparison and there can be jealousy and there can be envy. And so sometimes one day when someone's encouraging you, the next day they may say something that has a slightly different thing to it because maybe it's just coming out of a spirit of them comparing themselves to you and, and they're kind of just saying something because maybe they're feeling a little bit insecure. So they're kind of just making a little bit of a comment just to try and knock you a little bit. Has anyone experienced that in life? Two people have experienced that. Wow, that's awesome. Who has experienced that in life? Okay, good. All right. So the peer relationship is probably one of the most important to, to, to guard your heart in. It doesn't matter. You know, I'm not trying to encourage us to become mistrusting. I'm just trying to encourage us to, you know, we need to guard our heart. Um, and then the third type of relationship is when you're a mentor or you're a resource to other people. Okay. And then again, sometimes as a resource person, you have to, be, you have to guard your heart. I tell you why you have to guard your heart because sometimes, you know, you've got to understand as a human being, you could go and give advice to something, and if you're giving it more out of just your flesh or your soul realm, and if you're in a place of frustration, or if you're in a place of um, you're not quite right in a certain area, and then you just speak into someone else's life, and you you kind of know it's coming from a place of frustration or angst or whatever it is, then that can affect that person. So you've also got to guard your heart when you're speaking into other people's lives. Who believes that? Cool. So, 
when you're in charge of guarding your own heart, it is a full-time job and you've got to focus on it. You don't want somebody uh, to say something that may hurt you. You don't want to say something that's going to hurt them. That's important as well. And uh, when there's a wound that gets in there, the problem is, is that it needs to be dealt with. And that's why we have to keep evaluating where our heart is because if we allow wounds to stay there, uh, they can get incredibly um, strong. They can create really big strongholds in our hearts. So <clears throat> what I want to do is on, I want to talk a little bit about some of those wounds just quickly that I felt the Lord said that as a church family, um, he said that he wanted me to speak about these things openly because he felt that there are some people here. Well, I felt that there's some people here. He was saying there are some people in our church that are dealing with these. So my agenda is not to, I'm not going to call out anyone out on this, right? This is just a private moment, right? So you can all keep wearing your smiley faces, okay? I'm peachy keen. Everything's super keen with me, okay? So we can keep that on. But as I'm talking about this, right, I want you to really, honestly, I've said this before, a good sign that you may not be in a good place is every time you you come into the things uh, into the house of God, and every time you receive the word of God, if you're too busy thinking, "Oh, that's for the person next to me," and "That's for the person behind me," I'm so glad I've had that point Pastor Brad because that person behind me really needs to hear this word. Like they're seriously been dealing with this for six months. Like, get your act together. <laughs> so, can I can I share this with you? If you if you find kind of a couple of weeks in a row, maybe a month in a row, maybe a couple of months in a row, you come to the house of God, and every time you're processing the Word of God, you're not really processing it for yourself. You're more processing it for the people that you think it's valid around you. That's probably a sign that you actually have a heart issue right there. Because there's something within you, a bit of a hardness, that's thinking, well, none of this really applies to me because I'm just so good at all together. All these poor people sitting around me, thank goodness I'm here because they need me to point things out. <laughs> They're so blind. Thank goodness for Pastor Brad's wisdom as he's preaching this word. All these people behind me being set free. Hallelujah. <laughs> but I've, I've really got this covered. I'm pretty good. Okay, so y- you get the point. Um, process this for you. First one is angry at God. Do you know that it's actually healthy to admit, not necessarily publicly here, but, right, I wouldn't do that to people, but in your heart, admit to God you're angry with Him. Do you know that facilitators of Alcoholics Anonymous, they sit a bunch of alcoholics in a room the first session. Okay, not, I don't know this because I've never been to Alcoholics Anonymous, just so you're aware. But even if I had, if I'd you know, been an alcoholic, I mean, you know, uh, there's nothing wrong with sharing that. But I know this from a coaching point of view. Okay, I've done studies on articles. So facilitators and coaches who run Alcoholics Anonymous, they look for something. And the very first thing they look for is they get a bunch of these people in a room um, and they look for, as they go around and introduce themselves, they're looking for, do they have the ability to admit that they've got a problem? Can they just say, hey, you know what, I've got a drinking problem, my name's Sam, and I really want to do something about it. The facilitator is looking for particularly the people who just can't get that out. Because they know that that person is not ready to go any further in the program. Because if they can't just to admit that they're not perfect, that they've got a little bit of a problem, then that, they know that's the key starting point for that person to break through. So let me say the same principle applies to you, okay, 
Not that I'm suggesting anyone here is an alcoholic, but the same principle applies to you, and that is this, that if you can't on the inside, just in a private moment between you and God, actually admit if you've got a problem with some of these things, then you won't break through. You've got to be able to get real. And there's a couple of people sitting here right now who I even sense the Holy Spirit's really wanting to challenge you, that actually you've had a hardness of heart for a season, and you've mainly come to church not really allowing the Word of God to really speak to you. You've kind of just kind of been in routine mode, coming in, getting back in the car, and there's just been a surface level thing about it. I hear the Lord saying this, allow me to enter into the deeper courts of your heart this morning because I'm wanting to seriously do some work in your heart that will help you and bless you, says the Lord. So the first one is anger with God. I hear the Lord saying there are some people here and you're angry with God. And I, I hear the Lord saying that he wants to set you free of that. I hear that some people are just really angry that God hasn't broken through the way that they're expecting. And this is what I'm hearing the Lord say. There's a moment, maybe not necessarily right now, but maybe in your heart, you need to, but I hear the Lord saying this. You actually need to do what Elijah did. You just need to humble yourself and in a fresh way say, you know what? God, you're God and I'm not. And I'm sorry, Lord, that I've held on to this thing that I thought you were going to, and, I'm, and I've held it against you, God, because I felt you failed me. And I hear the Lord say this. There's a key to just actually, in your heart, bowing down, humbling yourself and saying, you know what, God, I'm sorry for doing that. Because at the end of the day, you're the commander of time. You're, you know the best timing. Lord, I just, I, I just, I'm sorry that I've been angry with you. And I've got to, in a fresh way, put my trust in that, that your timing is perfect. And even some of the things that I've been hoping for, maybe you know that it hasn't been the right timing. Or maybe that, you know, on the other side of that door opening, it may be a disaster. And that's why you've saved me from it. Can I just say that there's something that's very refreshing in your heart when you're able to do that if you've been angry with God. There's been things in my life that I've been angry with God about. There's been seasons when I've held on to that anger. And can I tell you, it didn't hurt God. It didn't hurt God. It just hurt me. So I want to encourage you. Some people here need to look. Second thing is disappointment, but deep disappointment. As in disappointment that's actually affecting your identity. Father, I thank you, Lord, right now that, Lord, this first step is just allowing people to see and to sense things. I thank you, Lord, that you're wanting to help people through this, these things. Next one is unforgiveness. But next one I got with that, attached to that, is actually a deeper level of unforgiveness where there's actually a root of bitterness in some people's lives. What am I doing here? I'm just listing a couple of these things that I felt the Lord wanted me to share. Um, because I think the key thing is, is that God's wanting to shed some light in some areas where there may have been some darkness in some people's hearts. The first key is to actually, as you hear these things, if you can, on the inside, think, you know what, God, I think that might be me. Well, I hear that's a key to breakthrough. Just being able to admit, just becoming aware of some of these things. Um, <clears throat> next one is jealousy. And envy that's coming from comparison. 
I can see a lot of people just writing these down. This is probably it's a great little stock list of things maybe just in even in future when you have that recurring appointment to keep a check on. Jealousy and envy through comparison. Um, you know, Apostle Julie has just written a message all about um, how comparison can be one of the biggest prisons in a Christian's life. You're locking you in because you're comparing yourself to other people. So these are some things that we need to clean our heart of. The next one I hear the Lord saying is striving. Pushing so hard for something to happen that literally you're actually starting to push even, even in front of God. Striving. Next one I hear the Lord saying that he wants us to be aware of to clean our heart is a religious spirit. The religious spirit <clears throat> will tend to put the worth. Pastor Jason was talking about worth. Your worth is in your performance and your image of being a man or woman of God rather than actually just, you know, kind of what we're talking about today. It's the opposite, that the real heart condition. Being humble um, and connecting with the Lord. A religious spirit can lock you in. And focusing on, on more performance and more the signs of being spiritual rather than actually connecting with the Lord. Second last one was a hardened heart, which is quite a general one. I felt the Lord want us, wanted us to use. So this list is kind of like a benchmark where the Lord's saying, let's have a look at this and let's have a real look at our heart privately. I think, okay, where do I, <clears throat> where do I need to maybe uh, allow the Holy Spirit to do some work? Last one was cold and or lukewarm heart. Shanat, I'm going to ask you to come. Thank you. Awesome. Let's just bow our heads. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you. I just want to speak over this scripture over our congregation, Lord, as you're here with us. Lord, Psalm 51.10, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Just as we've got our heads bowed and our eyes closed. You know, right now, I'm going to say this, if I could sing, I'd sing. But I won't distress you with that experience. So as you've still got your eyes closed and your head's bound, I'm just going to speak over you what I would prefer to sing, but we'll just go with the Holy Spirit. It's time. It's time to open your heart. It's time for you to let me in. It's time to allow me to go deep within. Trust me. Enable me. Let me help you says the Lord.
remove the hurt and the shame. I want to remove the times of unkindness towards you and the blame. today. Jesus, please make a new way. Holy Spirit, have your way. Lord, that you're cleaning the inside of us right now. I thank you, Lord, that we're able just with our hearts to bow.